Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do welcome you to call in at that number you just heard, 303-690-3000. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is the call-in show where you, the listener, get to call in and ask your Bible questions and give your prayer requests. Maybe you have some questions about uh, some scripture that you've read or a teaching that you heard. Uh, we want to help you in any way in pointing you to God's Word and giving you clarity and understanding. Maybe you got some questions concerning Christian living or what should our worldview as Christians be concerning, uh, concerning certain things. So we invite you to call in. You heard the number 303-690-3000 for you to be on the air. I want to welcome all of you here in Colorado on Grace FM all along the Front Range from uh, down in the Pueblo area and then Fountain and Widefield Security up through Colorado Springs 101.7. Welcome. I I just invite you guys to give us a call and uh, love to talk with you and converse with you. And then uh, 89.7 here from Castle Rock up through the metro area of Denver and Boulder and Longmont and Fort Collins and Greeley and all of Weld County and up into southern Wyoming. Welcome to today's program. We got a beautiful fall day. Uh, I love this time of year. Hope you're enjoying your day. Want to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. Uh, maybe you're uh, driving and uh, you got a Bluetooth and you're able to call in safely. Give us a call. Maybe uh, you're out uh, driving in the rural areas of Weld County in northern Colorado. Uh, give us a call. Love to talk to you and encourage you. And uh, maybe you're at soccer practice or getting the kids a snack or picking them up from school. I hope that we're blessing all of you that are tuned in to Calvary Live. We also want to welcome all of you on the East Coast uh, that are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, you are a week delayed, but uh, you too can call in at this number, 303-690-3000, and you can ask your questions, and then you can listen to the program uh, that you're on a week later, but we are praying for you out on the East Coast. I know that you just got through with the remnants of Florence, and uh, there's been some flooding out in your area, and we continue to pray for you, uh, and uh, we'll continue to uh, just lift all you guys up, especially along the coast that are experiencing flooding as homes are lost and businesses. Uh, we we um, we hurt with you, and uh, we're going to be praying for you. Uh, also, all the online listeners, you can call in from anywhere in the country at 303-690-3000. So we have open lines. This is really your show, so give me a call, and let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. We are so blessed as Christians because we have truth, and, and we're able to encourage and exhort one another, and, and I pray that we do that on this show today. There's another means for you to be able to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that number is 720-336-0897. That is a text line, 720-336-0897. So, 
bring in those uh, text questions and prayer requests. And as time permits, we'll get to those uh, questions and prayer requests on the text line. Uh, But we really would love to hear from you. So open lines will be waiting for you to call in. And as soon as you call in, we'll start taking uh, those calls uh, on the air. Um, I do want to encourage you up here in the Greeley area. On Sunday, we're going to start a new study. We just finished First John, which First John was a wonderful, wonderful study. First John is very uh, direct to us, very practical for us. And uh, so uh, we are going to start a new study in the book of Romans. And Romans is an incredible book. And it was interesting because I told the congregation on Sunday uh, at all three of the services that we're going to start a study in Romans. And it was amazing how many of the people said never really done a study through Romans. So uh, we invite you, if, if uh, that's something that is of interest to you, um, we know that Romans speaks of the power of the gospel for salvation. And uh, most pastors, they were asked uh, at one time, if you had one book to teach through the Bible, uh, what would it be? And they answered 80% of them would be the book of Romans. So come join us at 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, three morning services. On Wednesday night, we're in the book of Isaiah, another incredible book of the Old Testament. We'd love you have you come out. You can uh, find us on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. But the calls are starting to come in. We still have an open line. So grab that open line, but let's go ahead and go to Jesse in Greeley. Jesse? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. What can we do for you today? No, just, uh, I, I would like uh, for a prayer request just from me and my family. Uh, you know, we've been battling a storm, and it's been good, man. You know, going through the storm has uh, actually molded our family a lot stronger. You know, because yeah. we, uh, we, uh, we give our storm to the Lord. We've been dealing, dealing with it for two years, and it's, you know, we got faith God's going to come through, and, you know, we're just, uh, <clears throat> I like calling in because I hear you guys every day, you know, and just want to, just ask me guys Absolutely. to lift my family up in prayer. Absolutely, Jesse, and Father, I do pray for his family. They're going through a storm, and we know that there are times in our lives, even as Jesus said, you will have tribulation, not that we might have tribulation, but we will have tribulation, but be a Good cheer, for I've overcome the world, Jesus said. And also, he says, it rains on the just and the unjust. And I pray for Jesse and his family. I am encouraged by the words that he is giving to us, that in the storm, that it is drawing uh, his family closer to you. And Lord, that is uh, the time in the storms, uh, not to withdraw from you, but to draw close to you. And I pray that you would just uh, strengthen them, his family, you know what they're going through. You know the difficulties that they're enduring. And during this time of endurance, it would bring patience, and then it would have us work and bring in completion, or that is maturity to them, that they are going to see your faithfulness. And, Lord, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf, bring them the comfort they need, the guidance that they need, the provision that they need, And, Lord, may you be glorified in all of this. So I lift this precious family up to you. Lord, you see them. You promise you'll never leave us or forsake us. And that you are working for your eternal purposes in all of our lives. May they keep their eyes on you 
and Lord, just work in, in a wonderful, powerful way in, in how you desire and your will is and how they need you to work, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so you much. You bet, Jesse. You bet, absolutely, a, Jesse. God bless you, okay? God you too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, how this works, when somebody hangs up, then we have an open line. So 303-690-3000, grab one of those open lines. We're going to continue with the phone calls. Pamela from Parker. Pamela? Hi. Hi, Pastor how are Jeff. You? How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I am good. It's a beautiful day, isn't it, here in Colorado? It is. It is gorgeous. Thank God for fall. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank yeah. you for um, everything that you do for for um, the congregation and, and everybody. But um, yeah. I do have a question regarding mm-hmm. uh, spiritual leadership in the home. Um, okay. I know the Bible talks about the husband being the spiritual leader in the home. Um, and my husband and I have uh, been walking with the Lord probably about 13, 14 years. And um, and he's very uh, private. Uh, he was raised Catholic, uh, so okay. we don't actually just spend a lot of time in prayer together um, unless I uh, come to him and say, "Can we please pray about this?" Um, and he will pray, but he doesn't. He doesn't really have that leadership, um, and you know the qualities that the Bible speaks of. And I don't right. know that he desires to have it so am i supposed to pick up you know you know just do the leadership in our family and and pamela i i know what you're asking because um it is a situation that can oftentimes be in families where you know the um, husband and wife are believers but the husband maybe being passive and being leader, uh, the leader yeah. of the home, the leader in the marriage. And as men, and I just want to encourage all the men that are listening, don't be passive in being a leader. Um, he, God has called us um, into that place of authority, into that place of leadership, uh, to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And I think that sometimes that um, that there's a lot of, there can be a lot of bad teaching on what it means to lead in a marriage, what it means to lead in a house. It doesn't mean that the man gets to walk around all dictatorial and right. like he's King Tut. And I, I know you're not saying that concerning your husband. No, right, but, but, right. But, but what it means is is that you are the spiritual leader of the home, that you're cherishing your wife, uh, you are praying for her, uh, you are serving her and your family. You're raising your children. Um, as you move from Ephesians 5, that gives the role of a husband, to Ephesians 6, that fathers, you are to raise your children in the ways of the Lord. So, you know, right now, when when a husband steps back, you, you know, from leadership, what you are to do is encourage him. Um, okay. Just keep praying for him. Encourage him. Let him know that I want you to lead. I want to hear your heart. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. So encourage okay. him in every way that you can in your gentleness. And that's what Peter talks about in his epistle, that as you are just uh, in that uh, modesty and and not just, uh, it's not just talking about dress, but in your heart, in that humility, 
and in that gentleness encourage your husband that to lead and 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 to um, pray for him to to pray mm-hmm. for him and with him continue to confirm and reaffirm your love to him and okay. um, how the Lord wants to use you and how you um, you know um, and just go over some scripture in that um, that talks about that the roles of husbands and leaders Ephesians five and six you can even uh, go over a lot of Ephesians chapter five when I do premarital marital counseling or marriage counseling how mm-hmm. uh, the husband can lead in that um, and okay. uh, to lead first um, uh, Peter chapter three, but God has set up a divine order in the home and he desires for men to lead. And Pamela, I'm going to be real honest. I really believe that one of the greatest needs in the church is for men to lead, to lead their homes. There's, there's too many men that are passive about that. And, um, and so what happens is the wife, uh, ends up becoming the leader and taking that role when God mm-hmm. has called the man to do that. So we're going to be praying for you. Just encourage him in that. Pray for him. And, okay. um, you know, and it's what's interesting, Pamela, is the Bible says the role of the wife, you know, to be submissive to her husband mm-hmm. and to respect her husband. So make sure that as you're doing this, that you reaffirm that respect for him. Because being a man myself, we mm-hmm. we we really need that. It's interesting that... The Bible doesn't say that the wife is to love their husband, you know, as Christ right. loved the church. Mm-hmm. He, he says that you're to respect him. And it's I think it's assumed that the wife is loving their husband, but you show that by just encouraging him, respecting okay. him, and just okay. lifting him up. Meet him where he's at, lift him up, okay. and and, um, and tell him you believe in him, that, that God wants to do awesome things with him and I do want to pray and and okay. do that in a gentle way and consistently and then praying for him. Does that help? Okay. That does help. That does help it, very much. Yeah. It it, it doesn't <laughs> help you. to just be combative all the time and right. I, I know and that's what that I we don't can, want to do. No. And, and it doesn't do any good because he'll just step back even further. Mm-hmm. Right. But to encourage right. encourage him to step forward and that you're going to okay. be right alongside with him. You know, you're going to be right there. Yeah. So, Father, I pray for Pamela. I thank you for her call because I know that this is a need in the church for men to to lead in their homes, in their marriages, when it comes to their kids, because you've called us to do that. And we live in a culture that kind of has been coming against that truth given to us in your word. But, Lord, I pray for Pamela's husband that he would understand you desire for him to lead in a way where he's loving and cherishing and serving and spiritually that he doesn't have to be afraid. He doesn't have to feel like he'll fall so short. And, and Lord, that um, you would just do that work in him. Um, help Pamela to minister to her husband, uh, to pray, uh, to continue to uh, encourage him in any way that she can. And, and Lord, I pray for the husbands, the men that are listening to the show right now, that you would just press upon their hearts to lead in their homes, to lead in their homes in a godly way, in humility, and in um, and just uh, gentleness and meekness. But, Lord, being that covering for their family, which is so needed today in this culture, in this world, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for for serving. God bless you. You bet. It's an honor to do that. Pamela, God bless you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. You you bet. We have some open lines now, 303-690-3000. Hey, man, I want to encourage you. God has called you to lead, and uh, he wants you to lead. And don't be passive about it. And uh, make sure that that you're in a place, if it's something that the Lord is really putting on your heart and maybe convicting in any way, go to the Lord. He'll help you. And sometimes we think that, oh, I, I, I'm not very good at you know, leading a Bible study or a devotion. He's not asking you to, to you know, uh, teach 10 ta- chapters of Leviticus to your family. Just, just talk about what the Lord means to you. You know, some Psalms. You know, pray with your family. You can take your wife by the hand and, and your kids and pray with them and, and to pray for them and, and to really ask God to help you. And he will because his commandments are his enablements. He'll enable you to do that. And it's interesting, as he gives us roles as husbands to love your wife, as Christ loves the church, you know, and as you are told to lead in your home and and to raise your children in the ways of the Lord, the admonition of the Lord, he doesn't give us 10 practical steps how to do that. He gives the command, and then he's going to teach you and show you how to do that. But I want to exhort you men that are listening, because I really believe that perhaps somebody listening out there right now needs that exhortation, lead lead in your home, lead your family. It's a great need in the church today. And don't be passive about that. And you're going to see God bless you. And he's going to work and do an incredible uh, work in, in allowing you to minister what uh, to your family, to your wife. So um, maybe that's hopefully an encouragement to somebody. Let's go to December in Aurora. December? Hi, Pastor. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing pretty well, thank you. Thanks um, for calling. Yeah. Um, so I am searching for uh, some kind of Bible verses to get rooted in that has to do with the area of being in the medical field, because that's what I'm entering into soon. And uh-huh. I'm particularly entering in the pharmacy industry. And um, I'm noticing that, like, some <clears throat> drugs are not good, and some are good. I mean, majority of them are good to help patients. But coming across things of drugs of helping in or causing abortions or um, drugs that are being made to help with medical-assisted suicide, because it's legal in Colorado. So right. I feel like... Being in the medical industry is kind of hard because not everything is good. That's what I think. Right. So, right, and and that's the decision. Yeah. Those are discernment that you're going to have to have because we live in a culture that, um, you know, all of a sudden in Colorado there's assisted suicide. We know that the Lord, um, that's not biblical. It, it's something that the Lord said, choose between death and life, and he said, choose life. That's what we're to do, mm-hmm. and to keep it in God's hand. There are perhaps medications that can really alter our minds. Um, when we are told mm-hmm. in the Scripture, you know, Philippians and in Ephesians, that we are to renew our minds, uh, Romans chapter twelve, that we're uh, to um, not be from conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, but that you may know what it is that good and perfect will of God. So those are discernments that you're going to have to make because um, there's there's medication that is out there, and um, there's medication that can really alter a person's mind. Um, some of it, um, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on it, but that's what you're going to learn. So those are things that, that you're really, as you study, go into the medical field, um, that your conscience, you know, uh, needs to be clear and, and have a biblical uh, balance of, of, you know, what the scriptures have to say about um, your, your mind, about life, um, about, as you just talked about, perhaps medication, uh, the I know that they have medication for the next day pill, you know, things like that. And here's the advice I want to give to you. You stand for mm-hmm. righteousness, okay? Stand mm-hmm. for righteousness. And um, and as you stand for righteousness, you're going to see that the Lord is going to help you and he's going to encourage you uh, in that. But, you know, stand for what's right, um, you know, for life, uh, for a person, um, there's nothing wrong with, with medicine. We know that Dr. Luke was, you know, he, he was a doctor, and, and medicine can be of help, but also you're going to learn about, um, you know, all these medications, uh, especially in the pharmaceutical part of it that mm-hmm. is, wow, it's, it's amazing, some of the stuff they have out there. But... Um, so that's what you're going to be looking at, uh, and hopefully that's an encouragement to you, um, because mm-hmm. you, you know if anything that you know is really contrary to what the Word of God has to say. So read those verses in Ephesians, Philippians about renewing your mind, you know, with the Word okay. of God, about choosing life. You know how Psalm uh, was it one thirty. Seven one thirty eight that speaks about how he wonderfully made us and sees us. Those are all um, scripture that's going to speak to you. Um, we know that life begins at conception, and um, how the Lord wonderfully made us, uh, didn't He? Those are going to be the verses that are going to really, really speak to your heart. And even as Paul writes about in Galatians and Jeremiah, how the Lord called him from his mother's womb, those are the things that really speak to us. Actually, Psalm 139 is what I was thinking of. So hopefully those are verses that you can ponder and look at, and I'm sure there's many others as well. Okay, that's great. Yeah, because um, as I'm learning all this stuff, I'm questioning, like, is is medicine okay? Am I getting into the right field? Because there's just so much um, uh, bad things as well as the good things that I just don't right. agree with. So, um, yeah, that's and, great and I that think, you. I think for you can use it for good. I mean, it's like any field that mm-hmm. you have. You know, whether you're in the medical field or a teacher or wherever you're at in the world, there's that world that really more and more is coming against, um, you know, uh, what the Scripture tells us how to live, against uh, the truth of God's Word, and that's a battle that all of us will have. So it's just, you know, having that that uh, peace in your heart that rules in your heart, learning about it, 
you know, really having a good conscience. And, and for me, even in ministry, you know, there can be a lot of pressure put on ministers today to kind of start adopting the world's philosophies and ways. And I want to be committed to what the Scripture says and what the Word of God says and to stand on that. And as you do that, you know, God's going to take care of you. He's going to bless you. And you're going to have a good conscience towards what you're doing, because whatever it is that you're doing is a ministry. Um, it's a ministry out there. God needs people in the medical field. He needs Christian doctors and nurses and and pharmacists and dentists in, in every medical field. And it's a field that is expanding and exploding, and there's more need. But as you stand for the Lord, he's going to put you in a place. Uh, you'll be tested, of course. Um, you know, you'll be going through these things, but I tell you, God will bless you as you stand for him and what his word declares to you. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Can I pray for you, December? Yes, that would be wonderful. All right. Father, I pray for December, who's going to go into the medical field. I thank you um, that she desires to do that. And Lord, as she's in that field, that she would be light, and you would give her discernment, um, that you give her wisdom as she learns uh, about uh, all these things in the area of of, um, pharmaceutical medications. And and Lord, give her wisdom, give her courage. Lord, uh, train her for what you have for her. And Lord, I pray that um, she wouldn't have to be afraid, but Lord, wise and discerning, and that she would have a good conscience as she works in this field and ministers in this field, searching the scriptures, and uh, Lord, just being able to uh, help people, uh, not only physically, but Lord, to be used to help them spiritually as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet, December. God bless you. Be praying for you. Thank you. Have a good one. Uh Uh-huh, you too. Hey, before we go to break, let's go to Taylor. He's been waiting in Fort Collins. Taylor? Taylor, you still with me? Can you? Thanks for for holding. Yeah, I can. Thanks for holding. And hey, in a little bit, um, let's go ahead and start our conversation. But we may hear music in another minute or two, and we'll just stop, and we'll continue the conversation after the break. So I'm so glad you held on and... And uh, I know you got a question for me. Yes, I do. Okay, uh, the question I had, it's more like just some clarification. Uh, at the end of uh, Revelation chapter 20, uh, they talk about the, uh, the second, uh, second death and the second uh, judgment. And my question is, uh, so people who have uh, already died, they are, who aren't believers, where they they are separated uh, from God already, and then aren't they judged then, or do they come back at 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 this time and get judged again, and then go back to where they were? I'm I'm just a little little confused yeah. on that point. And and people get confused. That matter of fact, I'm going to kind of answer it with another question that came on the text that I was reading, because somebody was asking uh, from Rev. Um, from actually Romans chapter 14 that says that that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that we will get an account for our lives. So they were told that 
we as believers, we're not going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Revelation chapter 20 talks about this second resurrection, right? And uh-huh. and so, so there's a lot of confusion on that, and I'm going to explain it in detail, but there's a difference between the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment, the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And as we go to break here, we're going to... Um, come back and we'll pick up this conversation and see what the scripture has to say. So it's very important for us to understand a difference between the first resurrection and the second resurrection. So we'll be right back uh, with Taylor with this important question about the second resurrection. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you heard those numbers to where you can be a part of the show, so give me a call. We have some open lines. And also the text number, 720-336-0897, is the opportunity for you to be able to text in a question and to be able to uh, text in a prayer request. So uh, we've only had one come in, and I'm kind of answering that uh, with Taylor that we uh, had to stop for the break. Taylor, are you still with me? I sure am. Okay, I don't know if I can hear your radio. If you do, just turn it down a little bit, and we'll kind of okay. go over this. In in, Re- in Revelation chapter 20, is talking about after the millennium reign of of Jesus Christ, where he comes and he establishes his kingdom. What will happen at that point is is that the heavens and the earth that we now know are going to dissolve, as Peter writes about that in his epistle. And then what will happen is the great white throne judgment will take place, and the the um, unrighteous dead will be resurrected at that point. They will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be centered uh, sentence into outer darkness for all eternity. And that's what's called the, the second resurrection. Uh, it is John that writes at the end of the chapter um, that anyone not found into the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, or uh, that is uh, some, the second resurrection is being spoken of. Now, here's the thing. The resurrection deals not only with eternal life, but eternal life in a, a, a new physical body. And so the first resurrection speaks of believers. It goes with this question that somebody texted in about Revelation, I mean, Romans chapter 14, excuse me, that also is spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 speaks about the resurrection, how we're going to get a new habitation, a new heavenly body, it also states in that chapter that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So as soon as we die, take our last breath here, we who are Christians go to be with the Lord. But the resurrection speaks of a time that we will get new heavenly bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that which is uh, corruptible will be incorruptible, that which is uh, mortal will be immortal. We will you know, I'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to get new resurrected bodies that will last for all eternity. So when a person dies today, they go home to be with the Lord. 
But an unbeliever, Taylor, when they die, they go to Hades. It's a holding chamber right now. And and at the end of the millennium reign, you know, before the heavens and the earth dissolve, those of the unrighteous dead that are in Hades are going to be resurrected and stand before the great white throne judgment. That's the second resurrection, and you don't want to be a part of the second resurrection. The first right. resurrection speaks of believers, beginning with Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15. Everyone will be resurrected in their own order. Uh, the resurrection taking place for the church at the rapture of the church uh, that is spoken of of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There seems to be another resurrection. There will be at the end of the tribulation period. That's the tribulation saints. And then also the Old Testament saints. It gives indication of that, Daniel chapter 12. And then there will be a resurrection at the end of the millennium reign for those who went through the millennium period, that they will go from their bodies um, here on earth to new eternal bodies. So there's a process for the first resurrection. The second resurrection is just speaking of those who will be sentenced in the outer darkness. Now, they will stand before the great white throne judgment. You and I as believers will not stand before the great white throne judgment, but we will okay. stand at the judgment seat of Christ, Romans chapter 14, that text question that came in, and then Second Corinthians chapter 5, and that Greek word is the Bema reward seat, we will give account of ourselves before God. We will be judged what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. We are not going to be judged according to our sin. Jesus took that judgment on the cross, right? So right. there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. It is by grace. It is by faith alone. Um, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not of works. Lest any mo- man should boast, it's the gift of God. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Jesus did that work on the cross as he cried out, It is finished. I died for your sins. I made atonement for your sins. He rose again. He conquered sin and death. Now we come in faith. But with that said, what we have done for Christ, we know that the New Testament talks a lot about rewards that will be given and crowns that will be given, and we will stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to be rewarded for what we have done for Christ and will receive rewards. And the New Testament talks a lot about that. It talks about Jesus did in the parable of the talent, the parable of the mina. Uh, we know that some of the last words of Jesus uh, after chapter 20 of the book of Revelation that he says in chapter 22, that, Behold, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So we're not talking about salvation, but there are eternal rewards to be given and and that's why Jesus said that store up your treasures in heaven. Um, don't store up your treasures here on earth because everything on this world is going to go away and it's going to burn up. It's only what we have done for Christ is what's going to last. So hopefully that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I was just kind of like wondering if there was a difference between Hades and the uh, outer darkness. There is, and, and that's a very good question because— in Luke chapter 16, I'll give you that reference, that Jesus tells a story, and theologians debate, is it a story or is it a parable? But in the parables, um, there's no names that are given. And here is a name given, that there's Lazarus, who was, you know, uh, there, um, poor, the rich man that uh, paid no attention to him. But Lazarus died, 
and he went to paradise or to Abraham's bosom. So before Jesus died on the cross, and, and there was Hades that was made up of two compartments. There was paradise or Abraham's bosom, then there was a chasm, and then on the other side was the place of the unrighteous dead, and that's where the rich man went. He went to that side. He sees Abraham and Lazarus on the other side. He asked that uh, Abraham, can you send Lazarus over here to dip his finger in some water for I'm thirsty, I'm in torment? And Abraham said, no, you can't. We can't do that. Um, there's a chasm between us. And so he asked uh, the rich man, will you send Lazarus back to warn my brothers? And it was uh, Abraham that said, uh, no, that's not going to happen because they have the scriptures. But in that story, it tells us that before the cross, that people went to that holding chamber, to Abraham's bosom, to paradise. And then when Jesus died on the cross, and he said, it is finished, then he presented his blood there in the um, the heavenly tabernacle, as the book of Hebrews tells us. And now our sins are forgiven because the Old Testament, the animal sacrifices were kofar. They only were able to cover sin until Jesus Christ died for our sins once and for all. So now, as a believer, we go directly to heaven. So that chamber is empty, um, paradise. Now we go directly to heaven. But those of the unrighteous dead are still there in that chamber until they stand before the great white throne judgment. So that's a lot to it. Yeah, but that totally that totally clears it up, because I was going to— I was going to ask if that the, the story in Luke 13 had was that in, like a good example of that, and that pretty much yeah. answered the question. Super, it, it does. It, and Luke 16 is you know does seem to answer it, and and then Ephesians comes along and says before Jesus ascended, he first descended, leaving captivity captive. Um, he, you know he he would tell the thief on the cross before the Son of said, "You'll be with me in paradise." So when Jesus and the thief, uh, you know, died, uh, Jesus, if you would, escorted the thief down into paradise. Jesus is, is you know, uh, gave the proclamation, I've died for your sins. And, um, you know, and now that chamber is empty as now we go directly to be with the Lord in heaven because we look back to the cross. The Old Testament, they look forward to the cross. Good gotcha. question, Taylor. Well, All right. There's a lot. Much, Pastor. I appreciate you. You bet. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. All right. Let's go to Julie in Longmont. She has been waiting. Julie, you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Uh, thanks Th- for the thank great you. sermon. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, have, for waiting. Uh, that's okay. I, I told the gentleman that answered the phone I have time on my phone. Uh, I actually have two prayer requests. Uh, one uh, briefly... Uh, we just got a, a letter of resignation read to us last Sunday from our pastor. He's retiring at the end of the year, so and we have a, a church committee in place. So I'm just wisdom and the grace of God leading uh, to the man for our church. Yeah, absolutely. And my big prayer request: the reason I called is for my son, uh, Jim. He's a strong Christian, a godly man. Uh, he has had an unexplained 
weight loss of 40 pounds in the last few months, and he spent the day at Anschutz a week or so, a couple weeks ago, uh, all kinds of tests, and they came back. He finally got the results. He said, oh, you have severe rheumatoid arthritis. Well, he knew that. He knew that uh-huh. going in. They could not give him any other answers, and they said, go back to your GP. My prayer request is for wisdom and uh, answer. Uh, yeah. He one thing they did tell me is a high high metabolic rate. Uh huh. And he right. he is bony. He he could not afford to lose. He had yeah. weighed this since he was a teenager, but he's never been heavy. He's never he's never been overweight. He's always been tall and lean. Okay. So this is okay. not uh, something's a, a, going a on. Good loss for him. Yeah, uh, abs- absolutely, Julie. Thank you for calling and. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for Julie calling. First of all, uh, as a, um, her pastor is resigning, that's always hard when the shepherd leaves. He's 84. Uh, and Lord, I am so thankful for his service, 84 years old, that you gave him the strength to be able to continue that long. Uh, to me, that's remarkable. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless him in the rest of the year and that the congregation would be able to to find a godly pastor that will care for the sheep and feed the sheep. I pray that you give the search committee just wisdom, bring him the right man for that church, one who will love the sheep and one who will teach and feed the sheep, one who will um, do that with faithfulness, inconsistency, just as their previous pastor was ministered till he's 84 years old. So, Lord, I just thank you for him and, and the example that he's given to to me when I hear that. It is that's such a wonderful um, exhortation to me uh, that you want to continue to use us as long as we can and have the strength. And, Lord, I pray for Julie's son, Jim. He's lost weight, don't know why. Lord, uh, I pray that um, if there's anything going on, that the doctors would find out that they would be able to treat him. But, Lord, we know that you're the great physician. So, Lord, I pray you'd touch him, touch his body, that you would uh, bring healing to him, even to his arthritis, uh, rheumatoid. Uh, it, it can be very difficult and painful. And so, Lord, I pray you would strengthen him in every way that um, he'd be able to gain that weight that he needs. And Lord, just minister to him physically, uh, mentally, spiritually as well. I thank you that he knows you, he trusts you, and I pray that you just be with, um, Lord, with Julie. Um, just minister to her heart. I thank you for, Lord, her love for you and, and uh, her desire to pray for her son. So Lord, encourage her in every way as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And could I add a praise briefly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we yes. go, my son and I go down every Tuesday morning to my brother in Wheatridge. He's in a memory care facility. He has Alzheimer's. And Jim mm-hmm. has been, he's a massage therapist, and he has been anointing his head and scalp and the back of his neck with essential oils. Uh, formulated specifically for this and it 
I, it's God's hand, yes. Yes, it is. But my mm. brother has been cognizant, and he has been aware, and we, my son brings him communion every Tuesday, and he... What a blessing. Stood up and he blessed my son and thanked him for what he's been doing, and he was totally coherent last week and this morning. And it's just praise God, what it's a such blessing. a blessing. Thank you, Lord. That is, th- and th- you know, that is such a praise report. You know, Julie, my father passed away from Alzheimer's, and it's a terrible disease. Yes, and I know and it's the one by road, but God is so faithful. He is so faithful. And, you know, my dad, two years before he went home to be with the Lord, he didn't talk. And he knew us. He knew the grandkids. He always loved to see the grandkids. He would say a few simple things. But I think what a blessing is, is, you know, your son ministers to him in that way as you guys see him. You know, I think that they understand more than, than we think at times. Maybe they can't express it or whatever. Um, well, this but, morning, uh, Jim had, had written a devotion, a devotional for their, his church for Lent, and he brought it and read it to him, and my brother was totally focused. His, his eye, he was totally focused on Jim the whole time he was reading that, and it was just a blessing. Yeah. God is so well, good. It is, he is good, Julie, and, and that's what I encourage people. When you... You know, when you have a loved one that has dementia or Alzheimer's or perhaps, you know, even if they're in a coma, read the scriptures to them. If they're in their last days, God's read the word of God. Return void. Amen. And and read it to them. And don't be afraid to do that because God will take it and use it and work it. And so what a blessing it is. And I know that we would do that with dad. And I've done it to many of people that we visited in the hospital that, you know, were perhaps um, in their last days or in a, a coma. Um, you know, elderly parents, if they're in a nursing home, read them the scriptures, the word of God, the Psalms. And, um, you know, my uh, father-in-law passed away this year. And the last six months, you know, that, um, that we were able to go down and we would read scripture to him. And it was so special, Julie, because we had never really um, done that in that way before. Um, and it was a very special blessing for us to be able to do it and for him to hear it. And I know it brought him comfort. Yes. It brought him well, comfort. It, and what a privilege it was. So I just God want to encourage knows the all heart, that. And, and yeah. he, he alone knows the heart. And yeah. his word goes it, right to the heart. Exactly. So I want to encourage, you know, anybody that's out there, that elderly parents or, you know, the situation um, where Don't maybe they up. got Don't give up dementia, hope. keep praying, keep reading the scripture to them. Amen. Amen. All right, Amen. Julie. Th- thank you thank for you, your Pastor. encouragement. Thank you. God you bless. Bet. You bet. Well, what I see, I believe we have open lines. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. When Julie was talking about her pastor being 84 years old, that just blesses me. Um, I know that my pastor, Pastor Chuck, ministered till he was 86 years old. And he did his Sunday service. I remember listening to it online. And then he was on the radio Monday. And then he went home to be with Jesus on Wednesday. And um, I miss my pastor, Pastor Chuck. And uh, and just 
uh, his faithfulness for 50 years, uh, longer than 50 years, um, teaching the word of God and being faithful to, to bring that to his people. Uh, there is a, a pastor here in town that I've got to know um, that has pastored another church. Uh, he is about the same age, 84, and he is retiring, and he's passed it on to um, uh, somebody else. And, and so, uh, Pastor Roscoe, um, I really admired him. Um, just his uh, willingness to minister into his 80s, uh, so Pastor Roscoe, if you're listening, uh, that was a blessing to me, and, and we're praying for uh, Pastor Adam and Jenny, his wife, and the congregation at St. Paul's. Um, we're just praying for you guys as you start a new season with your new pastor. And uh, But it, it blesses me to see somebody in longevity and ministry, ministering, and, and I pray for that. Lord, give me the strength as long as I have breath. Lord, help me to minister. So... Uh, thank you, Julie, for just uh, mentioning that. Just, uh, I want to encourage you, keep ministering, uh, keep being faithful to the Lord, keep walking with Him. Uh, what a privilege we have to do that every day. Well, let's go to Jessica in Loveland. Jessica? Yes. Hi. How are you? Um, I had a question on fear. Um, about a week and a half ago, there was something that was brought up that God doesn't... Um, bring fear, but I know that it is said somewhere in the Bible about how the first step to wisdom is um, the fear of God. So I just had a question of the difference and like um, what that really means. Yeah, and that's a very good question, because I think you're making reference to, first of all, 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, and, and John's talking about love, that God is love, and seeing God through love, and the consummation of love. And he says this, that love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And then he says this in verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So there in First John, he's talking about God is love. He first loved us. And because we love him, we're born again by the Spirit of God as you follow the flow of what John is saying in the you know first John, um, that we have confidence so we don't have to fear the day of judgment, kind of like what we talked about uh, with, uh, with Taylor uh, as he was asking about the great white throne judgment. We know that we're saved, that uh, we don't have to fear on the day of judgment. So uh, love cast out fear in that perfect fear cast is cast out, um, perfect love that is cast out fear. So that's what it's talking about there. When you go to Proverbs, and it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that fear is not a tormenting fear that some people can have. It is a reverence for God. You don't hear a whole lot about the fear of the Lord in church today. Uh, a lot of pastors don't talk about it, but it is a very important command that is given to us and principle given to us in the Scripture that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, beginning of wisdom, that we're to have a reference for God. In other words, that we know that He's an awesome, powerful, almighty God that is the creator of all things. And, and so 
We are to have a healthy fear reverence for the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. That is the, the beginning of knowledge. But we're not to have a tormenting fear as we have relationship with our Lord uh, because we don't have to, to worry on the day of judgment because we are saved uh, by Jesus. We belong to him. He loves us. And he not only declares it, but he proved it by sending his son to go to the cross at Calvary. So there's a difference between a reference, that fear, and then a tormenting fear where you just hunker down and you're you're so afraid of the Lord. And, um, you know, I've talked to Christians that have this tormenting fear that God is a mean old man up in lightning uh, in heaven with the long beard, with the lightning bolts on his side, ready to zap you if you get out of line. And um, so we don't have a tormenting fear, but we are to have a reverence for the Lord, uh, a, a deep uh, respect and worship and honor of our Lord. That's what's being talked about in Proverbs. Is it like a make- um, fear of disappointment of your father? Like if you get in trouble, you are like uh, fearing to disappoint um, yeah, in a I, way? I think that. Uh, yeah, I think in a way it is true. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint my Lord. I love Him. It's it's that it's like I'm married. Uh, I don't want to do anything to hurt my wife. I don't want to do anything to um, to you know hurt her or uh, any of that. I don't want to do anything to hurt the heart of God. That's having a fear and, and of the Lord. That's having a reverence for Him because sometimes I, I hear. Um, sometimes kind of like the, even behind the pulpit, sometimes like God is my buddy and, you know, and Mm -hmm. he does call us friend. Um, but God God is my buddy and, you know, kind of like he's a buddy and, um, you know, he just kind of like a celestial Santa Claus or all kinds of pictures of God. He is, he is a holy God. Um, Mm -hmm. and as we've been going through, uh, Isaiah, on Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel, Isaiah uses that term, the Holy One of Israel. You need to turn to the Holy One of Israel because they weren't living in that fear of the Lord. They were turning to other idols and worldliness, and and the Lord is saying, I'm the Creator. I am God. There is none other. I declared the end from the beginning. Uh, I have redeemed you. I love you, and I created you for my purposes to bring glory to me, and I am not going to bring glory or accept any kind of glory, you know, towards the idols. Um, and I will not share my glory with any other idol. So that's the fear of the Lord, that that we um, know that he's the Holy One of Israel that has redeemed us and the creator of the universe, and I don't want to do anything to hurt him. Thank you. Thank you. You cleared that up for me. Yeah, or disrespect you, Lord. I think the fear of the Lord, that's why the Bible says is the beginning of wisdom. And yet you don't hear a whole lot about it in the church today, and it needs to be taught because that's what God's Word declares. Mm -hmm. Does that help, Jessica? Yes, it did. I appreciate that. I appreciate your question. Yeah, very good question. But we don't have a tormenting fear because God is so good, and He loves you, and He, he yeah. you know, He, He, we belong to Him. We're His children, and we have the spirit of adoption. 
that says Abba Father. All right? All right. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, Jessica. Have a great hey, day. Bye. You too. Thanks for calling. And I want to thank all of you for calling in Calvary Live. We had a great show today, and and um, I appreciate the questions. They were very good. And uh, and I hope that you are encouraged in the Lord. We just only got about a minute or so left, so um, I just want to encourage you, walk in the fear of the Lord. Just enjoy Him. Um, we believe in a holy, awesome God. He sits on the throne, and he, we don't have to have a tormenting fear, as First John talks about. And, and in verse 19, I just want to emphasize this before we go off the air. We love Him because He first loved us. To, to grow in the love of the Lord uh, isn't where you say, oh, I've got to try to muster up love for him. Look to how he loved us first. And as you remember how he loves us and proved it by going to Calvary's cross, and my Lord died for me, and my Lord loves me, as we just live in that love, then you're going to walk in the fear of the Lord, and you're going to enjoy him. And you're going to want to please him with your life because that's what love does. We can do more in love than we can in trying to do it in our own flesh or by legalism or rules and regulations. That's the wonderful thing about being a Christian is relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, I hope that's a blessing to you. Thank you for the privilege of being here on Calvary Live. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.